Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you're having a great start to your Tuesday. Been a bit, a bit, little bit under the weather on my end, but good to be back with you. Voices rounding into 100%, so bear with me, but it's good to be back with you talking Braves baseball. Of course, you can find all the great Battery Power podcast content at batterypower.com at Battery Power SPN across all forms of social media and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So without a doubt, the Braves entering this offseason, their number one goal was to add a significant starting pitcher to the rotation. Now, they made some significant moves already. They decided to exercise the $20 million option for Charlie Morton, so he'll be back. So you have a starting, you have a top three of Spencer Strider, Max Fried, and Charlie Morton. That's a pretty good place to start. But again, the Braves' focus for adding a significant member to their starting rotation is not just for 2024, but it's beyond as well because there's a very good chance, a very realistic chance, that both Max Freed and Charlie Morton could potentially be elsewhere for 2025 and beyond. And at that point, with so many of the younger options that the Braves have hoped that had had hoped they would rely on in the future, Kyle Wright, Michael Soroka, Ian Anderson, all of them experiencing injuries, and now in the case of Soroka and Wright them being elsewhere in the case of Anderson, you know, his future is certainly uncertain. The Braves have some potential question marks for the rotation when it comes to 2025 and beyond. So it not only was the Braves focusing on adding a starting pitcher for their 2024 rotation, but also one that could help out beyond 2024. So with that being the focus, going into the offseason, some names started to emerge that made sense for the Braves to go after. And the two names that have been most consistently connected to the Braves were Aaron Nola and Sonny Gray of those options that were out there in free agency. Well, 10 or so days ago, a week or so ago, Aaron Nola agreed to a 70-year, $172 million deal to stay in Philadelphia. And then Monday morning, as we typically see happen once Thanksgiving passes during the MLB offseason, this year's no different. The, the, the overall market's going to start heating up. But Monday morning saw another significant domino fall. And that was veteran starter Sonny Gray agreeing to a three-year $75 million deal with the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, of course, when it comes to Gray, you had draft pick compensation. So if the Braves were to have signed him, they would have lost multiple draft picks in this upcoming draft. Three years, $75 million, I think is a pretty reasonable cost when it comes to Sonny Gray. But the main takeaway when it comes to the fact now that Aaron Nola and Sonny Gray, the two names that were most connected to the Braves, the main takeaway from Gray and Nola no longer being an option for the Braves is that it doesn't necessarily mean that those were the best two options in terms of production or upside that the Braves could have targeted. There's still plenty of attractive names on the market. But with Gray and Nola, you have consistency. You have reliability. You have certainty. 
You have two veteran starters who you know what they can offer, and you know that they can consistently offer it. And for, again, a team like the Braves, who have seen plenty of pitching injuries and plenty of examples of their starters struggling in the postseason over the past couple of years, they likely were putting a heavy value on durability and consistency and reliability. And that's something that Aaron Nola and Sonny Gray certainly offered. And at the end of the day, if you could have got one of those two pitchers, it only would have cost money. Yes, it would have cost draft pick compensation, but you would have agreed to a deal with them where it only would have cost money. And so when you consider the cost, but you consider the certainty that came with Gray or Nola, it made sense why those were sensible targets for the Braves. So the big takeaway for me when it comes to Aaron Nola and Sonny Gray no longer being on the market is the fact that the most obvious way, the cleanest, easiest way for the Braves to have potentially bolstered their rotation for 2024 and beyond is no longer there. Because again, with that consistency and that reliability that Gray and Nola offered, it not only would have been there in 2024, but though either one of those pitchers would have been reliable options to slot behind Strider for a few years once you get to 2025, 2026, and so on. But now those two options are no longer available. And again, the cleanest, easiest way for the Braves to add a significant starting pitcher to the rotation for years to come, it no longer is available. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a negative development. Because now things can get truly exciting when it comes to the offseason. Now the Braves could potentially pivot to other free agency options, or you get the likelihood that the Braves could potentially make a move for a high-quality arm via trade. As far as the free agency option goes, I I think it's important to kind of weed out the options that probably are just not going to happen. Shohei Otani, I still think when money is involved, and the fact that he's not going to be able to pitch in 2024, I just don't think the Braves are a really realistic destination for him. I also don't think when it comes to Japanese pitchers like Yamamoto and others, I don't think that you know Alex Anthopoulos is going to want to um, commit a significant amount of money to them. I also don't think Blake Snell, with the fact that other teams are probably going to be willing to pay top dollar, I don't think he necessarily is an option. So I know that I'm removing quality options from the free agency pool, but I just think that there's sense that the Braves are probably not going to go after those names. So who does that leave? To me, it leaves a pool of four players. Jordan Montgomery, Eduardo Rodriguez, Seth Lugo, as well as Lucas Giolito. With those four pitchers, you certainly don't have the certainty that you have with the Noah or a Sonny Gray, but you also don't have to worry about draft pick compensation. And with those pitchers, you probably are able to get them at a price that the Braves are okay with. Sure, Jordan Montgomery being a Scott Boris client coming off the year that he had, he may top $100 million with the interest that's there with him over time. Both he and Eduardo Rodriguez could potentially get over $20 million for multiple years. I think Seth Lugo and Lucas Giolito probably are shorter-term deals but they're probably not as attractive as being a true high-quality addition to a rotation. So the best options for the Braves on the free agent market are Jordan Montgomery and Eduardo Rodriguez. I think if you get either one of them on a reasonable contract, I I would call that a win. I think either one of them could be a sensible 
addition to the Braves rotation. And they could fit that mold of deepening the, the 2024 rotation for the Braves while also becoming a two or three to support Strider long-term if Freed and Morton were to leave the Braves after next year. Again, you probably are not as certain about a Montgomery or a Rodriguez as you are a Nola or a Gray. But those could be options for the Braves if the price is right. And again, without draft pick compensation being tied to them, all it costs is money. Which for the Braves, I think, is pretty attractive as they again try to build up their minor league system. So yeah, the most sensible options on the free agent market are no longer there for the Braves. But there remains a few attractive options that I think the Braves could go after. But the demand and the interest in those names may make the price for them to a point that the Braves are not comfortable with. And at that point, the Braves may have to pivot to the trade market. But the good thing about the trade market is that there are several options out there that are even of higher quality than a Montgomery or a Rodriguez, potentially. And that also aligns with Alex Anthopoulos once again. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Again, making an unpredictable significant move that could prove to be very valuable for the Braves. Sonny Gray was now a member of the St. Louis Cardinals just nearly an hour after that was reported. Bob Nightingale of USA Today reported that the Braves, along with the Dodgers and several other teams, were engaged in talks with the Chicago White Sox when it comes to ace Dylan Cease in potential trade talks. And that makes perfect sense when it comes to Atlanta. If Aaron Nola, as well as Sonny Gray, are no longer available, and the, and the starting rotation options, the sensible starting rotation options on the free agency market are just not that attractive. Well, the fact that there are several names that could be had via trade this offseason, it makes sense for the Braves to explore those options. Specific names that you know have been thrown out are Corbin, or Corbin Burns of the Brewers, Shane Bieber of the Guardians, Tyler Glass now, of the Tampa Bay Rays, and Dylan Cease of the Chicago White Sox. Now, when it comes to Burns, Bieber, and Glass now, sure, the Braves could put together an attractive trade package. You bring over one of those pitchers. You have to feel good 
about having one of the best starting rotations in baseball if you add a Burns, Bieber, or Glass now to the Braves rotation in 2024. But the thing that it does not answer is the long-term need for a significant addition to the starting rotation. Because in Burns and Glass now, as well as Bieber, each of those pitchers are only cost-controlled for one more year. Just like Max Freed, each of those pitchers will be free agents after next season. So I just don't see a ton of logic in the Braves potentially having to trade a significant prospect package for a Burns, Bieber, or Glass now and then being in a position to where they have to pay both Freed and that pitcher that they acquire after next offseason to be a part of their rotation. If you're not willing to trade Freed, then I don't necessarily know the logic in bringing in another pitcher that you only can control for one year and having to pay them as well. Perhaps if the price is right, the Braves could make a move, especially for a pitcher like a Glass now who maybe could be open to an extension. But I just don't necessarily know how attractive a pitcher on cost control for only one more year makes sense for the Braves if it's going to cost a significant prospect package to go out and get them. That's why the Braves have interest in Dylan Cease. Because in him, you have a pitcher who, just like Bieber Burns and Glass now, he's shown that he can be an elite pitcher in the past, but he's cost-controlled for two years. And yes, I know that after a, a, an outstanding 2022 season, Dylan Cease, his production fell back down to earth a bit, a 4.5 ERA in 2023. But the strikeouts remained very, very good. And you have to feel, like many do across baseball, I'm sure, that if you get him out of Chicago to a team of the quality of the Braves, you're going to see better numbers. His peripherals, his underlying numbers, suggested that Cease was significantly better than his surface numbers settled in at in 2023. But the two years of control is the big thing when it comes to separating Cease as a target from Burns, Bieber, and Glassnap. Because if you get him for two years, that opens up a bigger window for you to potentially get an extension. And for the Braves specifically, Dylan Cease is from Georgia. We know that Alex Anthopoulos has really focused on that trait, on bringing in guys and extending guys that were already here or that he brought in that are from the South, were connected to the Braves as fans growing up. You know, you've seen it with Sean Murphy, Matt Olson, Austin Riley, Spencer Strider, Michael Harris II, each and every one of them from the South, Braves fans growing up. Olson and Murphy acquired over the past two years, instantly signed extensions because they were happy to be with an organization that they were familiar with as they grew up. Dylan Cease fits that mold as well, so even though he's a pitcher, he certainly makes sense as a target for the Braves. That's the pros of the Braves going after a pitcher like Dylan Cease. But there also are certainly cons. There also are reasons why the Braves may be hesitant to truly want to pay the price to go get to Dylan Cease. For one, he's a Scott Boris client. That significantly lowers the chances of an extension being agreed to before he hits free agency, which means that the Braves miss out on the opportunity to get him at a below market cost. But the other thing is, is that with so many teams also being interested in Dylan Cease, the Braves are going to have to face the fact that if they want to get a pitcher at a Cease level, 
Maybe a Logan Gilbert of Chicago, of Seattle becomes an option or a pitcher of that um, level. If the Braves want a pitcher at the level of Dylan Cease with multiple years of control, the simple truth is for them to compete with the offers other teams can make, this Braves team is going to have to face the reality that they're going to have to give up at least one of A.J. smith Shaver and Hurston Waldrop. Now, I know that the Braves, over the past 12 to 18 months, due to trades that they made elsewhere, players graduating from the minor league systems, the Braves have, you know, routinely had a, a minor league system that's been, you know, ranked lower in Major League Baseball. But I still think that there's a pool of players. Even though we had Tommy John surgery, J.R. Ritchie, Owen Murphy, Spencer Swellenbach, Waldrop, A.J. smith Shaver, Nacho Alvarez, Vaughn Grissom, Drake Baldwin, I think that there is a pool of prospects that the Braves were willing to trade three or four of them in a trade package for a pitcher. I think that they could get a significant starting pitcher, the significant starting pitcher that they're looking to add for the rotation for 2024 and beyond. I believe that the Braves could put a package together to get that. But it's going to have to include at least one of A.J. smith Shaver and Hurston Waldrop. So that's where the hesitation may lie. To go after a pitcher, you know, at the caliber of Dylan Cease, that could be controllable for multiple years. Yes, you get him for multiple years, that opens up the opportunity for you to get the extension done that keeps him in the rotation long-term with Spencer Strider. That's a reason to go after a pitcher like that. The hesitation is... Is he a Scott Boris client? Does that prevent him from wanting to get an extension? And also the fact that there's going to be a high cost when it comes to prospects, even including potentially having to give up A.J. smith Shaver and Hurston Waldrop. But at the end of the day, I think when it comes to the Braves, now is the time to do a move of that caliber. If it only costs one of A.J. smith Shaver or Hurston Waldrop, but in that process, you're getting a picture of the caliber of a Dylan Cease or Logan Gilbert. You're getting multiple years of control. I would make that move if I were the Braves. Because again, if you can get a starting pitcher that clearly bolsters your rotation for 2024 and one that you can slot in behind Spencer Strider for 2025 and beyond, I think it makes sense to trade a significant prospect package for that type of pitcher. Does Alex Anthopoulos do it? Well, it remains to be seen. Part of his track record suggests, you know, that he's been hesitant to give up top prospects like a Waldrop and an A.J. smith Shaver in the past, but we also know that he does have a tendency to do the unpredicted at a significant level. So with Nola and Gray no longer on the market, yes, the avenue for the Braves to take to add their arm is not as clear. There's many different avenues they can take now. But I think that the two things that come from that are that it makes the offseason even more exciting because we're likely going to get that unpredictable, significant move that Alex Anthopoulos typically does, and you potentially could see it being a high upside arm, a significant addition that not only can help in 2024, but beyond, and it also could be via the trade market. So at the end of the day, perhaps the Braves decide that they want to go out and get a free agent like a Montgomery or an Eduardo Rodriguez. But I do think the likelihood is there that the Braves could pivot to make a trade and there's plenty of options out there that they could look to target. And I do think that the Braves have a good enough pool of prospects that they can make the move and be confident that that addition would help them in 2024 and beyond. 
Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. Next weekend, we're less than a week away from the winter meeting. So the potential for this type of move to happen over the next few weeks is certainly there. Make sure to check out all the great content at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSPN, and wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. (laughs) 